state legislature is back in session dealing with the coronavirus crisis. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. And I'm Jarrett Murphy from CityLimits.org. And so we're here this week with uh, a whole lot going on in New York politics and government, really um, an astounding amount happening right now, including, as I said at the top of the show, the state legislature getting back in session this week after almost two months uh, without holding any session, without uh, dealing with any bills, without dealing with any legislation, without dealing with any budgetary matters in Albany or in Albany and remotely, as it turned out, that they decided to figure out a way to reconvene and deal with some new legislation that they've been uh, debating and negotiating and packaging together between the state Senate and the state assembly over the last several weeks coming to fruition to some extent this week. So on today's show, we're going to dig into what the state government is trying to do in response to the coronavirus crisis, which on the public health side is abating a bit uh, in New York City and somewhat also around the state, of course, New York City being hit the hardest. But then also, of course, the social and economic impacts of the crisis that have really hit so many New Yorkers hard. We have over Uh, It seems over a million people in New York City who've lost work and filed for unemployment, and the number is much larger, of course, across the state. Um, There are issues related to rent, mortgages, uh, as well as employment, uh, hunger, you name it, that people are dealing with and, of course, looking to government for some solutions. So today we'll be talking with two state senators who represent different parts of New York City. In just a few minutes, I'll be joined by State Senator Brian Benjamin, who represents parts of Upper Manhattan. And in the State Senate, he chairs the Revenue and Budget Committee. So, of course, especially relevant as both New York State and New York City are facing fiscal crises due to the coronavirus crisis and its fallout. So we'll be joined by State Senator Brian Benjamin in just a few minutes to talk about some of the legislation that he's been working on to address the crisis and, of course, other issues as well. And then later in the show, we'll be joined a return guest, State Senator Gustavo Rivera of the Bronx. And we'll talk with Senator Rivera much more on the health care side of things because he chairs the health committee of the state Senate. And so we'll be talking with him about what he's doing and his colleagues are doing in response on the health care side as well as oversight. You know, one of the most important functions, of course, of any legislative body is not just the lawmaking, but the oversight capacity. So we want to know from both Senators Benjamin and Rivera today what they're working on legislatively, but also what they're working on in terms of their oversight capacities. Senator Benjamin, much more on the fiscal and finance side, and Senator Rivera more on the health care side. And just to preview a little bit more what we'll be talking with Senator Rivera about is we want to ask him a bit more about the legislation that he co-sponsors called the New York Health Act. And this would institute a form of a single payer health care system in New York State. The push for the New York Health uh, Act had been gaining some momentum seemingly a couple of years ago before Democrats had full control of the state legislature Then Democrats took control of of both houses of the legislature, and it was not on the agenda. And we want to check in with him about where it stands, how he's thinking about the New York Health Act in light of the fact that so many New Yorkers are losing their health insurance because they've lost their employment, 
and if there's any appetite for it in Albany. Now, that's not to say one way or the other from my perspective, uh, you know, what I think of the legislation, but more asking Rivera uh, what the status of the law is, the bill rather, and whether he's seeing any new interest in it or because of the type of shakeup that it would have to do to the state budget and really just so many aspects of uh, state government and industry across the state, whether that's something that continues to just be on the back burner as people are dealing with much more immediate uh, concerns related to the healthcare crisis in our communities and hospitals right now, as well as things like food on the table and paying rent or getting some kind of rent relief. So we'll talk to Senator Rivera later in the show. Coming up in just a couple minutes, as I said, State Senator Brian Benjamin, who's got some very interesting legislation, not just related to the state, but really related to New York City. And State Senator Benjamin uh, has been has been working on uh, legislation that he'll talk with us about around New York City's finances. And it's important for folks to know that New York State and New York City are both facing many billions of dollars uh, in underseen tax revenue based on estimates from right before the coronavirus crisis took hold. And so the state and the city are both dealing with some some somewhat similar fiscal situations. Uh, and so we'll talk to Senator Benjamin about solutions at the state level and the city level, including the controversial idea of borrowing billions of dollars to pay for operating expenses at both the state and the city levels. And we'll get his take on that. I should also note that Senator Benjamin is exploring a run for New York City controller in next year's election. So it's especially important to get his thoughts on city fiscal matters, not only in his position as state Senate chair of revenue and budget, but also in that uh, vein of him potentially running for city controller in 2021. We do have a city election cycle coming up. But of course, before we get to a city election cycle next year, we have a state and federal election cycle happening right now. We have primaries coming up in June uh, for all of the state legislature, at least anybody who's challenged or any open seats. And then we have most of the New York congressional delegation on the ballot as well. Some really interesting competitive races coming up in June. So, folks, these are primaries. If you're registered to vote in the Democratic prime party, certainly you very likely have a legislative race to vote in. And, of course, the presidential primary is back on the ballot in New York. So you will be able to have your voice heard in that primary, even though everybody has conceded to Joe Biden. People can still register their votes if you're a Democrat. You can vote in the Democratic Party for president. So keep that in mind. You can vote absentee ballot. Uh, the, the state board of elections is supposed to be mailing all registered voters a ballot application in order to in order to um, apply for your absentee ballot. And then you get your absentee ballot and you fill it in and then you send it back. It's a complicated process. Part of the reason it's so complicated is because of the state constitution. They determined even amid this crisis, they cannot just, the governor cannot just order or the state legislature cannot just pass a new bill in time to mandate absentee uh, balloting across the board where you can just be sent a ballot and it's more tr more what you would call vote by mail. This is a version of vote by mail, but everybody has to fill out the absentee ballot application in order to get the actual ballot. So you can do that. 
There is still going to be early voting sites starting June 13th. And there's early voting June 13th to June 21st. And then primary day is June 23rd. So uh, folks, especially registered in the Democratic uh, Party, although there are also some primaries in the Republican Party and I think a couple of other smaller parties, uh, you should be ready to vote next month in whatever elections you can. And that includes just about all the state legislature as well as congressional seats. And like I said, the presidential primary was knocked off the ballot, then reinstated. So you can make your voice heard if you're a Democrat in New York uh, coming up in June. A couple other quick notes before we get to Senator Benjamin, who's going to be joining us momentarily. Governor Cuomo was in Washington, D.C. today. He met with President Donald Trump and then held a media briefing afterward. And basically what the governor uh, is calling for, of course, is, as he has been, billions of dollars of federal relief to help state and local governments make up for the lost tax revenue that's occurred because of the economic shutdown related to the COVID-19 crisis. The governor continues to push for the Republican-led Senate and President Trump to match or find some common ground with the Democratic-led House of Representatives, which recently passed its own major aid package that would help city and state governments, but there's no movement as of yet in the U.S. Senate, and the governor is pressing for that. But importantly, Governor Cuomo was also apparently talking with the president about major infrastructure funding and the idea that not only can the state perhaps uh, work with the federal government to move big infrastructure projects along faster, but of course those can be the sources of plenty of jobs. And so the governor wanted to appeal to the president's interest in infrastructure at this meeting today. He did not come away from the meeting with any pledges or promises as it, as at least as he presented it to the public uh, a little bit after, but he seemed somewhat encouraged by the conversation and he's apparently going to keep pushing, but he's very uh, frustrated, the governor is, with the U.S. Senate and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. So a lot more to follow there, of course, and we'll be keeping you posted on that in the coming weeks. Uh, lastly, before we bring State Senator Brian Benjamin on to talk about a whole bunch of things, uh, there are things at the city level to to be aware of as this crisis continues, and that includes the mayor rolling out his testing and contact tracing program, which he says is going to be ready to go for some time in the first or second week of June when the city begins its quote-unquote reopening process, which means it's meeting the state's metrics and the city's metrics to begin the phases of reopening. And that will also then coincide with uh, a lot more testing for COVID-19 and then the tracing of people who test positive and the people they've been in contact with. And then there's a lot of discussion happening at the city level related to how to help the restaurant and hospitality industry, which has been especially hurt by this crisis, how to help it bounce back and also, of course, what to do about the city's beaches and parks and playgrounds and other outdoor spaces as the summer begins. So we'll be bringing you a lot more on all that in the coming weeks. But right now, let's bring on State Senator Brian Benjamin, who is a Democrat representing State Senate District 30 in Upper Manhattan. And as I said at the top of the show, Senator Benjamin chairs the Revenue and Budget Committee. And he's going to talk to us about those types of issues and a bunch more. Uh, Senator Benjamin, this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. Thanks for joining us here on WBAI. Senator Benjamin, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. Thanks, thanks ah. for joining. Thanks Got- for asking me to join. 
Got you, you know, there. I accidentally All right. had you on mute. I apologize. No, that's a smart move, and it's better to be delayed a few <laughs> seconds in saying hello than to have anything else that could have, you know, happened and not being on mute happen. So exactly, uh, exactly. better to, better to be safe there. So, um, first of first of all, how how are you doing today? Uh, well, you know, I am like you and others. You know, still trying to get my arms around this crisis that we're in. You know, in my district. Uh, there are folks who are hungry. I'm constantly trying to find more, um, uh, uh, find more testing sites, uh, you know, trying to deal with the PPE issue, dealing with social distancing and, 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 and the complications around that. Uh, uh, food insecurity is an issue. Broadband is an issue uh, with our schools and remote learning. So just dealing with all those issues. And at the same time, uh, being here in Albany, um, as you might be aware, um, I I'm part of the floor team, so I'm the presiding officer on the floor team. So just sort of dealing with all the issues of trying to make sure we have um, have our bills, you know, uh, running through session and dealing with debates and hostile amendments and all those kinds of things. So yeah, it know, must we're, be you know, we're we're busy, but you know, we're doing the best we can. Right, it must be uh, exceedingly complicated to be part of that team as you've moved to this hybrid of you know some people being in Albany and lots of folks Absolutely. being remote. So, so it took, uh, you know, it took several weeks. Uh, I guess we're getting close to two months since the budget was passed on April 2nd, I believe it was. And, uh, right. and the, the legislature was able to work on a package of bills to come back this week, uh, and do a bunch of business. Give us a Absolutely. little bit, give us a little bit of sort of the highlights of, of what broadly, before we get into your particular, you know, uh, focus areas and your bills, sure. just broadly, what's the, Senate majority Democrats working with the Assembly majority Democrats. What have you been able to put together here? Sure, absolutely. We I think we've worked on a range of bills somewhere in the thirty to thirty-five bill range um, that deals with a range of concerns. Right, uh, we're we're talking about issues around, for example, price gouging. Uh, we're dealing with a, a number of rent-related issues. We have bills around studying sort of the the health impact of COVID nineteen on on people of color, uh, dealing with the uh, 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 healthcare facilities, uh, contract tracers, making sure that they're um, culturally and linguistically diverse, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, the Commission of Addiction Services um, has the disaster preparedness uh, 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 on, the, on the table, dealing with the rainy day fund, just to mention one of my mm-hmm. bills. Sure, sure. Because I, I, think it's a, I think it's an important uh, piece. Oh, yeah. uh, dealing with issues of loitering um, and, and uh, math, telehealth um, as well. So we had a range of, a mm-hmm. range of, of, of bills that, that we put on the floor that have primarily either been two-way negotiated or three-way negotiated. So these are all bills that um, either already – have have full support of the entire uh, chamber and the, and and the executive uh, um, uh, or at least the, the Senate and the Assembly. So these are not like hope for bills. These are bills right. that really um, that have been negotiated and, and have a real uh, a real chance to pass. Before we dig in a little more to your priorities, you mentioned this rainy day fund. We want to get to that in just one second. Um, just you know, you all obviously are elected officials representing the people. Um, you know. People might see their representatives working hard in the district, trying to coordinate, as you said, testing sites, food delivery, things like that. 
But then all of a sudden, it seems I, I, you know, it would seem to many people, oh, all of a sudden you have deals on all these bills and you're, you're going back into session to pass them. Can you give, you know, take us just a little bit inside the process of getting to this package? What is, what does it yeah. look like, you know, without everybody being able to get together in Albany and have your conference meetings and do that type of stuff? Yeah. What is that? How did this happen? Yeah, it's a good question, man. I mean, one of the things um, that that folks um, probably weren't aware of was that, you know, we were working, uh, you know, our team was processing all the bills that we had, coming up with, you know, working with the assembly, working with the executives to try to talk through different options. And I think, you know, to, it might feel like to some people, oh, wow, we just, we just showed up and here are a bunch of bills, almost like, you know, that person who shows up with a great their great first album you go oh my god they came out of nowhere <laughs> no they didn't come out of they didn't come out of nowhere uh-huh. they have been working for years and now you are now seeing them but they didn't come out of nowhere and so i i kind of think that's a similar process and uh you know we don't try to, we can't legislate um and manage ourselves through social media right so i think you know some people might feel like we might not being well, might not have been being active legislatively but that's just not the case we we were just um, there was just you know you know obviously our our council dealing with the assembly council dealing with the executive council working and talking through issues and also seeing how coronavirus was was transpiring getting a sense of what was going on in terms of the federal government where are we were we going to get resources what were the bills that we were getting passed what did they do processing okay what, where are our holes you know I think. That's part of what was happening, and 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 I know it's frustrating to some who kind of who kind of felt like, well, why aren't you guys legislating? Um, but I think I think it's important to, to to note there was a lot going on that might not have been in the public's eye, but but that was very relevant to getting up to this point where we, we've got somewhere around thirty or thirty five bills that 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 are either already three way negotiated or two way negotiated, which which takes a lot of work as you as you as you kind of referenced to. Indeed, indeed, interesting. Um... A lot more to discuss there, but we want to get to some more of the meat of, of what's coming through. So um, one more topic before we do get to the budgetary uh, items. Uh, on rent, this has obviously been something at the top of mind for so many people. Of course, anybody who's lost income or lost a job is, of course, almost immediately becomes worried about you know making ends meet and paying the bills. And of course, the biggest bill every month is often the rent bill. Uh, if if not food, uh, it's it's close. So on, on rent, where did you land? What did what did the legislature wind up being able to do on on rent relief? Well, we're not finished because, you know, uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow we are going to um, be in session. And um, one of the biggest bills in that conversation is, is going to be emergency uh, rent uh, rent relief. Um, that is going to come through form of a, a interim residential rent relief program uh, mm-hmm. that that is looking to provide a um, hundred million dollar fund to assist uh, with those who have been most impacted uh, by COVID-19 um, and who have rent arrears and, 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 and um, who are 80% of AMI or below. So that all has to get itself figure, it figured out, but that's sort of the, one of the bigger, the bigger uh, pieces um, that we have, that we have landed on. Um, in addition to today, uh, we, uh, uh, we passed a vote today uh, that would, uh, that would sort of provide an extension on the eviction moratorium to basically say any, through the time of the pause and or uh, the pause of whatever region, uh, through that entire period of time plus 60 days, 
there there will be an, an eviction moratorium for any uh, for any COVID related you know anyone who has an issue with rent that is COVID related. Mm-hmm. So um, so so that is that is one of the bigger bills that we passed today. Uh, but the big the, the, the one of the big pieces of relief um, is uh, we're expecting tomorrow. Okay, got it. And that's with this hundred million dollar fund. Um, and you, you know, there's, there's obviously some voices who are saying that's, that's not nearly going to cover it. That's not going to be enough. Where, where do you come down on that? Oh, no, no, I definitely agree with that. But I also believe that it is a first step. And I, again, you know, look, I believe that anyone who believes that federal support isn't essential here is fooling themselves, right? I mean, the, the scale of this problem is going to require federal relief. And so how we get it and what capacity we get it, uh, that's going to be relevant because, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we're, that we can be filling the gaps, right? So whatever we do get from the federal government, then we can fill the gaps. If we go and make these decisions before we know what we're getting from the federal government, there could be inconsistencies or the federal government could say, oh, well, look at that. They can take care of themselves. They don't need mm-hmm. our support, so let's let's turn our attention to something else. Uh, and so I think there's a there's a delicate dance that we've got to be mindful of uh, because we want to get as much as we can from the federal government and then uh, fill the gaps um, uh, yeah. or the holes uh, through through whatever means we can. That does we seem don't have to be picture yet. We don't have the full picture yet. Right, right. That does seem to be a very delicate dance because you have uh, Mayor de Blasio basically saying as much. I don't know if the governor has been quite so candid, but the mayor basically saying, no, I'm not announcing sweeping, you know, cuts and layoffs and furloughs yet because the gov- you know, the, I don't want the federal government to feel like they're off the hook. And he's sort of taking everybody inside the idea that, um, you know, he doesn't even want to sort of present an emergency plan quite yet because he wants the federal government to make the city whole. Um, so let's let's come back to that in a minute. But why don't you uh, explain what your rainy day fund bill does? Yeah. So one of the things that I felt very strongly about, and there were some people who were asking me, why are you pushing a rainy day fund in the middle of the crisis where there's no money to put away for a rainy day? And, you know, my my position has been and still is. This is the precise time. Do you do, do you put in a, a rainy day fund so that because now we are very clear on what are the consequences when we don't have one, right? So if you look at, and I know that, you know, one of the things you probably don't want to talk about is the city, the city's desire to, 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 to borrow, to borrow mm-hmm. money for operating expenses. But when you, when you look at the, why the part of the reason why they're in that position is because we haven't had uh, the city with the authorization to have a rainy day fund so that they could not prepay next year's expenses, but adequately put um, funds away for a rainy day so that you don't have to look at cutting summer youth employment and you don't have to look at um, cutting your most vital services in a, in a, in a crisis. Right. And so for me, that's an important thing. So what we passed uh, uh, on the floor uh, today in both houses, the assembly and the Senate was authorized the city have a rainy day fund. The city can put money into the rainy day fund and, and they are, the city is allowed to take out 50% up to 50% in any given year um, uh, as long as there's a, as long as there's a, a, a crisis and then, um, uh, and, and, and then move forward in, in that regard. I will, add, I will be, will be honest in saying to you that I do think that we probably should revisit the rainy day fund and, and assess 
more uh, thoroughly some other options to create more sort of um, safeguards around it. I do, mm-hmm. I do expect the concern that a mayor will say, well, if you put too many, if you have too many restrictions, it's going to, it's going to reduce the desire of the mayor and the city council to put money in the fund. So I know there's a, a delicate mm-hmm. balance there, but I also don't want a situation. I also want a situation where the rainy day fund assists in terms of the city's solvency and safety. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, I do want to revisit it. And that's something that myself and the assembly member Bronson have talked about. However, Right now, let's get this thing authorized. Let's have it there so that um, the city is able to, to when, obviously, when we get through this crisis um, and, and times are good again and no one's thinking about it, we have, we have something available for us to put money uh, uh, aside for a day like today. All right. So, so, so that's now going to be in place, most likely, you know, assuming there's a, a agreement with the governor on, on signing yeah, it. And, and so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so let's let, let's let's sort of take that off the table for now because, as you say, that's much more about the next crisis um, to have it in place. Right. And and I think there's a lot of agreement out there that it that it makes sense, um, and that perhaps if it had existed, there'd be a little more money set aside by the city um, for this crisis. Although you know, as you sort of indicated, this, the city has done some things in order to have you know billions in. Uh, you know, quote unquote, reserves um, going into this year. But again, you know, people had called for Mayor de Blasio and the city council to put more in that pot and and they had it. And that's uh, coming back to bite people a little bit right now, uh, or at least a little bit. So on the city's finances right now, what are you thinking as both in your position as, you know, chair of of this uh, state Senate committee on revenue and budget and you're also uh, exploring, you know, a run to be the city's chief fiscal officer in next year's election. Um, right. What are you thinking about how the city should handle this crisis? Let's take, you, you know, you've made it very clear that federal aid is essential, but let's just take that off the right. off the table for a second. What's your sort of uh, game plan for what the city should be doing right now? Well, first and foremost, I if I had my if I was sitting with the with the authority, my my first position is. I don't. I wouldn't be asking for this seven billion dollars uh, of authority right now because, to me, if you're going to ask for the seven billion dollars of authority right now, we grant it to you. Then that tells the federal government, well, they solved their problem. They don't need anything from us. So I, I believe that's the first issue. So first and foremost, I would not be pushing this, this right this second. I will be preparing this for the time in which it becomes adequately clear that there isn't going to be the cavalry coming from the federal government. And now we've got to figure out our own answer. So that's step mm-hmm. number one. Step number two is um, I, you know, believe that the city uh, should in their request for $7 billion of, of, of up to $7 billion of borrowing. I think that they should have said, you know, these are the things that we would ask you, this business that we would use that borrowing for. Um, I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think those things should be very specific to uh, COVID-related emergencies or emergencies that are created because of COVID-related issues. So, for example, you know, how do you reimagine the economy? What does the world look like? What does education look like? What has COVID caused that for us to prepare for the future, we now need to consider? I would want to make sure that the money's being spent on things like that, not on you know, more, you know, you know, um, uh, more spending that 
is, is not necessarily COVID related or preparing us for a COVID future, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think so. I would do that. That's the first thing I would do. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, I know I know that there's concerns about a financial control board uh, and the thought that this could possibly be a way for the governor to try to take control of the city the city's uh, budget. Uh, but I would look at it a different way. I mean, we're supposed, the mayor of, of the city of New York is on the is on the control board. So is the city controller. So is the state controller and the governor, as well as three appointees from the governor. So clearly, simple math tells you four out of seven. Technically, the governor, quote unquote, controls the board. But I think in a time like this, where people are paying a lot of attention and, and, it, and this is so important, I think if the city has very a very thoughtful need for any of this um Seven billion dollars that 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 money uh, uh, would be would be granted, right? I mean, no one's going to say let let let's harm the city um, who who has a great plan uh, of how to uh, how to prepare for the future. But I think that that should be part of the conversation. I don't. I I personally think that there should be some sort of a requirement that the city has to present to somebody. Uh, who's uh, a, 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 a path forward that requires the borrowing and some sense of now that we've been, we're now going to have this extra 400 plus million, I think it's 421 million uh, dollars every every year that that's to get paid in interest payments. How are we going to do it? Particularly right. when we're still unclear as to what the revenue pitch is going to look pitch is going to look like going forward. Uh, so that's so in any of these to do. Yeah. In any of these scenarios, there's, you know, there's talk when you look back to, um, you know, prior fiscal crises in the city, the idea that um, one of the only ways to weather a crisis like this is to bring uh, the city's many labor unions back to the table and renegotiate contracts. What's your what's your stance on that? Should that be part of the picture? Look, I first of all, I think. I think it would be it would it wouldn't be prudent to not look at every single thing. I don't know how you don't look at that. I think you got to look at spending cuts. I think you got to look at uh, uh, you know I know there's some some reserve money quote unquote because of the, the the prepayment of expenses. You look at your biggest spending line items. You gotta, I think you I think you have to look at I think you have to look at everything. Now what I don't believe you should do is I, I don't think you should put vital services in harm's way. Right so. We still got to We've got to educate our kids, right? We've got to make sure that you know we've got the police and the firefighter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think you got to be thoughtful about it, but you can't. You got to look at everything. You can't not look right. at everything. But there might be a question. Got, got to prioritize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, there's you know the city might be facing the question of you know uh, layoffs or furloughs versus trying to negotiate some deferred you know labor costs or some wage freezes or you know things like that that have happened in the past and that the state is looking at or even or even has done in yep. certain respects um, so you know I, I don't know if you have a, yeah. a particular stance on whether you know that that really should be part of the discussion right now or or not yet well I think I think Personally, I think I, that's the, one of the reasons why I told you I think that this that, that we sh- that there should be some some time here is because I think we still don't have a, a full sense of what exactly we might or might not get from the federal government. So, mm-hmm. um, I, but 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 I do believe if you are in a comp- absolute meltdown crisis, you have to look at every single thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you uh, and you got to but you got to be thoughtful about it and you got to so, prioritize. 
So in our last minute here, two, two quick questions and very much appreciate the time. Um, you have been involved in some you know, important discussions around property tax reform before this whole crisis oh, yeah. set in. Is property yeah. tax reform basically dead for this year? Property tax reform is not the first issue we're dealing with this year, which is, mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, at this point, we're really uh, dealing with the COVID crisis. Um, and so I, I would imagine um, that we will, we will uh, fervently look at property taxes next year. Um, mm -hmm. um, I, I would have liked to look at it more closely this year, and that was the, the energy we were on, and then you know, COVID hit, and, and it's and it's really been hard to to to, to focus focus on that. Right. Uh, and and, and no, lastly, the city, the city has to do. And I'm sorry, the city no, no, go ahead. has to do. The city has to. You know, cities. Um, uh, the property tax commission is going to be doing their town halls, et cetera, et cetera. That's probably been postponed and so. You know, how are we sure. going to do that on Zoom now? So I think we do have to sort of regroup and and and, and look at that. But you know, the the property tax. Uh, property tax reform needs to happen in the city of New York, and we need, and we need to be thoughtful about it. And it's going to be some hard decisions. Again, every the next mayor, most importantly, and the next city controller, less importantly but still importantly, are going to have to be making hard decisions. There's no, there's no, there's no way around that, right? And 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 we, you, you know, we've got to be very thoughtful mm -hmm. about the decisions we make and and try to make decisions that, you know. Uh, hurt productivity and efficiency and the, and the, and the best um, uh, path forward for New York City, the least. Um, so, but in some cases, you know, move towards where the puck is going, not to where the puck is presently. Um, and so we've got to think through all of that. So I've got your, your colleague, Senator Gustavo Rivera, coming on in about oh. one minute. So I have, yeah. I have thir let me, 30. Let me get out of his way. Let me get out of his <laughs> yeah, way. no, you don't want to be in, in uh, Senator Rivera's way oh, uh, when, no, when there's a, a microphone of sorts. Um, but real, real quick, uh, you mentioned it, and I mentioned it. Um, is the run for city controller for next year is that a hundred percent happening at this point, or where are you at in that decision? It's a hundred percent happening at this point. Okay, I am I'm actively and aggressively um, uh, raising money. I have a, a, a platform. I have a website, um, uh, Benjamin2021.com. We are, we are, we are uh, preparing for this race. Okay. Well, we will definitely uh, have you back to discuss that race and your other thoughts on uh, city and state fiscal and finance issues, as well as, as other issues. Uh, state Senator Brian Benjamin, appreciate the time here and uh, be well. Thank you. Okay, take care.